Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. This week, Dan, Adrian, and I, uh, we we have a, a somewhat different conversation this week. We're talking about an event that we have coming up in Austin, Texas, the end of October, called The Revenant Process. This is a training that Dan has been doing for decades, and it's an incredible opportunity. for It's one of our public trainings for people to come who want to create something new in their life and are willing to take some risks to get it done. And we go into detail about what it is, and if it's for you or not, I really encourage you to take a listen. Even if you're not interested in the event, you're going to get something powerful out of this. Also, as a side note, I've put a discount code link in the description of this episode. So if you want to attend the event in Austin, Texas, coming up in just a couple weeks, click on that link and get a significant discount on the enrollment price. So let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. This is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. Gentlemen, how are you? Wonderful. Very much alive. Thank you. Above ground and excited. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation. This is a special episode that we're doing on the Naked Leadership Podcast to talk specifically about a public training that we have coming up towards the end of October that Dan and Adrian will be facilitating. And this is, this is a treat for me because I don't think we, I internally, I've never really had this in depth of a conversation with either of you about what is actually happening in the Revenant process. And just so you guys are aware, the, re- the, the training is called the Revenant. We want to talk about the opportunity for transformation in this leadership training opportunity called the revenant. Um, and Dan, I think transformation is a word I want to come back to with you because that sometimes trips up leaders and and business owners and wondering what exactly it is that we're meaning about that. But I want to start at the top. First off, I think even before I ask you, what is the revenant to you? Could you, would you be willing to just give like a tiny history of how this training was born? Yeah, I, I was involved in a number of different oper- um, nonprofit um, NGOs, et cetera, and, 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 and they were working with different communities, and they were communities that had different interests than they did, and, but they, they had an interest that aligned. They wanted to serve these communities, and the idea was how do you lead a team? How do you prepare a team? How do you prepare people? to stand in a way that's going to make a difference for others and still and develop that kind of character where they put the purpose of what they're doing uh, above their need to be comfortable and get by immediately and survive. Get, you know, you get in that survival sense because anytime you step out to do something new, inevitably you're going to be faced with what I call the short-term crisis where am I going to choose what's most, most beneficial for what I committed to? Or am I going to choose to what I need to do to feel comfortable in that moment? And that choice is the, this, it's, it's the expression of character, like whatever way you go. It's a, and so the training, this process, because that's what life is. It's like a infinite game. It's a process until you're no longer above ground. And, and, and the point is none of us are getting out alive. So what kind of mark do we want to leave? You know, what is the nature of the, our mark on the world? What, what kind of difference are we going to make? Mm-hmm. And that's 
really the, the Revenant process is about creating a gymnasium, if you will, where leaders can experiment with what, it, what it's going to take to develop the kind of character that's going to align up with what they ultimately really want with, them, with themselves individually, with their team, and in their community. Any leader, anybody who's led anything into existence knows that there's no, there's no formula. There's only principles that you can hold to. And that's what we're working with. Very powerful principles that if you stand on them, even your mistakes will contribute to the, bringing, the, the reinvention of your vision. You know, when you talk about transformation, I mean reinvention. We're constantly reinventing. And the, the, core, the process is called the revenant process because it means comeback. It's a comeback. The word revenant means to come back, right? And any leader knows you're constantly come back. You're coming back from the last failure. And, you're always coming back from something. From something, right? <laughs> and, and the more you can, the, the, the rate of motion to get that up and the, the kind of stand that you can take and reinvent. And the it's like reinvent the breakdown to be the provision for what's next. Right. Adrian, what's yeah. on the top of your, I, I can see you, I, see I can see wheels going and the, I have a lot going on. You're, lean, you're leaning forward. What, what do you want to say? Well, there's a lot. And I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about even like the coming back. I mean, I think probably from a cliche meaning overused, not that it's not true, like people coming back, you're coming back out of like post pandemic world or whatever. That's a, like a kind of a, a, a known comeback. Um, and I'm thinking about, I mean, all, I mean, if you're a leader and you're listening to this, there's also, uh, if you're a leader, you probably bounce back faster than most. <laughs> so it's not, and, and, you know, figuring out how to manage yourself, how to lead yourself is a very important tool. Uh, a very, I mean, it's a, it's a mindset. It, which is not to be mistaken, like, like that it's built into us. Like it's a, it's a choice to make and most leaders make it. Learning how to empower, engage, enroll, influence other people that move slower than you is where in my experience as a leader and my experience with all the people that I coach that are leaders, that's harder. That's more mysterious. Like how do I show up in a way that makes other people want to show up. A lot, of, a, a lot of the pain people go through is I feel really alone. Well, how come? Like, what have I, what's been missing from me and my presence and my leadership where I feel so alone? Like it's the only game in town. What if aloneness like wasn't the only game in town? Not that there's not virtue or like, I know like dealing with my own isolation, feeling isolation, feeling alone, um, can be really helpful for me. And I learn a lot from it, but also I don't, I need not be so committed to being so alone as well. Like how do I engage with others in a way that gets that, and that invites them to the table in a way that's really resourceful and connective. So part of your comeback might also be becoming a person that, um, promotes the comeback of others because there's so much frustration because there's not a synergistic effect. So, I mean, I know almost every founder I work with wants to be talking about the future. And then there's so many people on their team that are really committed to making the best of the shit sandwich <laughs> instead of like, how do we reinvent this thing? How do we move forward into something new together? That, that, that conversation is all, all, you know, is always ever present period will definitely be a core conversation happening in the revenue process. Yeah. And, 
inevitably every leader comes up against who are my people for me? Mm -hmm. Are they somebody, are they widgets, tools? I have to get to do something or are they the resource that can open up the next possibility? And you can't really answer that question until you get into crisis. That's you, you can think about it. I mean, I always like to think the best of myself, but I find out how much that's true when I get into a crisis and something I care dearly about at stake. How quickly do people become a tool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when they do, am I able to pull out of that? Am I able to reconcile that relationship in a way that invites them into contributing? If people want to follow where they have a, they have a voice, they want to follow where they can make a difference, where they can express their gift and they want that gift to make a difference. And so if you've got a vision and people see it, they've got to have their vision's got to be served by that. And so what does it take to do that on a daily basis? Not only with your team, but with your family. I mean, so many leaders are great, might be great at the office of doing that, but somehow they miss it at home. And there's a constant friction between and a, and a siloing between their work and their and their their uh, family life and their daily life and their life with themselves. They might, they might have the family work real well for a while and as well integrate the family and work together, but not take care of themselves. Like these are conversations that we will get deep into in the four days. It's a very intensive process. And from using very clear standards and, and our principles that work like, like a compass rather than a map, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're going to be taking new ground and people haven't been there. You might not have been there. So you need a compass rather than a map. You need the map to tell you where the end of the familiar ground is. And then, okay, now we're going to go find our way to what really matters to us. Yeah. Uh, Dan, do you have any idea how many people have gone through the Revenant process today? It's through, like, uh, through the different iterations, a little over, sure. over 50,000, maybe close to 60,000. That's incredible. Um, Some people describe it. I've heard personally, I've heard people describe it as one of the top three events of their life. Um, So that's really significant. Um, At one point we we did a survey of 5,000 participants and 93% came back with that response. And, and even recently, um, Tessa, who was on the team for this one in Austin, she made a post and talked about how it was a decade's worth of, of growth within four days. And that's how she compared it to, I mean, that's unreal to accelerate the, accelerate the growth, have it be the most significant, one of the most significant events of your life. Why is it that significant for people? What, I mean, what can you tell us about the growth or the, the philosophy that happens that allows people to, to grow like that, to break through? Well, let me just, Adrian, I mean, you went through the training. It was a significant experience for you. But Huge. What, what made it significant for you? Ah, okay. I figured that out too, because he actually. That's did. great. That's and amazing. I'll, go, I'll be happy to talk about what I'm thinking while I do yeah. it. Half the time I'm learning as much as everybody. Most of the time I'm learning what they're learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, I was a participant first before I started co-training these things. I was a participant. And um, one of the first things I learned, uh, I'll try not to give too, uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to keep the kind of process um, I won't speak too much to the process because part of exploring it as it, as it occurs is part of where the, the uh, impact is. Um, but for myself, I mean, so why did it make the difference? I've got a big, I've got a view of myself. 
you know, you said earlier, Dan, like you've got a high view of yourself. We all have naturally high views of ourselves, or we just at least naturally have some kind of set views of ourselves. Like this is who I am. And you know, who I, who I think I am is typically the boundaries by which the, are the boundaries of what's possible for me. Like who I think I am are the boundaries that I set for what's possible for me. And so the invitation of the room is to start, is to start with an exploration of, of being, of how do I show up? And so part of that is like, I, I, I mean, when I came through, you know, after like the first couple of days, I realized how much of my life I spent as an altruistic spectator, meaning I'm going to sit here and watch this thing and I'm going to listen for somebody else and I'm going to listen. And then if I find great stuff here, I'll teach it to somebody else. And I didn't realize how much of my life I'd been doing that instead of like really knowing what's going on for me, really being connected to what's going on for me and showing up in a way that was vulnerable for me. Instead, I was like a teacher and that was really safe for me. That was a huge, um, a huge, you know, epiphany for me. That's why I think the 10 years and four days happens like that. Cause there's difference between like information and insight and a huge difference between insight and epiphany, at least for me insights, you know, information's like, Oh, that's cool. Let me write that down. Insights like, Oh, wow. That's interesting. I wonder where else that's true. Epiphany is like, Holy shit. If this is true, it might change everything. Mm. Now, there's that type of, wow. Um, if you sh- if, you know, if you show up to play, so, you know, I just got to see myself on the field instead of, instead of like talking about myself, I actually got to watch myself in real time and really get connected to some feelings that I hadn't been connected to in a long time and get to get connected to some deep desires that had not been connected to in a long time. Um, and you, but you wouldn't have known that just by watching me because I come off really animated. I come off really present, right? And I come off really engaged, but you know, uh, even insofar that those things might be more than the average bear. There was still so much more for me as a person when I showed up and like submitted to the process. And, you know, that's I, I, without going into a lot of details like that. Why did it make a big difference for me is because I really wanted something new to happen. And I was willing to show up in the process and like learn, watch myself on the field. That's why um, I think the results like people's, it, 10 years and four days that can happen because I'm not just talking about my life. I'm actually living life in real time and, and really present to it. Yeah. One go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, it's amazing when people, you know, I, I'll just speak for myself. I'm always amazed that there are things I need to hear myself say that I didn't know I had to say. Yeah. And the places that that occurs in are places that I can trust and be challenged at the same time. Yeah. And that those things I discover in those conversations come from having conversations with other individuals yeah. who are willing to have the same kind of um, open and candid communication and, and back and forth in, in, in a way that they're looking to see if what if the impact they're committed to having is actually happening in that conversation. And there's nothing more beautiful than when somebody sees that not only have they had that impact, but that that impact has made a difference in such a way that's maybe even changed another person's life. And that didn't, they, they may not even thought that that's what they were going to do when they came, but when they see it, it actually has an effect on them. It changes their ability to be, you know, kind of stand in the world in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. One thought I was having is both of you were talking is like, how do people know if this is for them 
in their specific phase of leadership and, you know, how, what are they going to get out of it? That kind of stuff. And Adrian, you said something that really stuck out to me is like, you were ready for something new to happen Yeah. in your leadership and your influence. Yeah. And I can't think of a better way. I mean, I've had the opportunity to witness three of these trainings now and even just being there as quote unquote, the media guy or the, you know, the support team, I still get so much. I've gotten so much out of them. And in that realm of what am I creating that's new? How do I want to relate differently to the people that I'm leading and the people that I'm interacting with, with my wife and my kids and all of that kind of stuff. I can't think of a better way to let people know if this is, if they're wanting to create something new and, and ready to take some risks to do it, that, that this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great frame because that, when you ask, well, what is it, Dan? That's it right there. People willing first to say what they want that may not have any relationship to the past. So they have no evidence in the past that they could do it, but they really, this is a longing of theirs and the courage to even say it is the beginning of that process that you're describing because it's something new. It doesn't, there's something unprecedented. There's no history behind it. Yeah. And, and, and yet we all have those things. And yet I, I know for myself, I've often squelched them for fear that I would fail. But when you start to gauge your life on the future that you matters, it's a very different experience than gauging your life on where you once were. Right. It's very, it's a very potent place to be. And you find yourself reinventing in ways you never thought were possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's an analogy we use uh, in the revenant. That's like an iceberg analogy. And, and um, a lot of, there's a lot of potent ideas that happen there. This is one of them, um, which is like where there's conversations that I'm conscious of. And then there are so many more conversations that are as potent and as powerful that I'm just not conscious of. And part of the, the point of the training is to lower the water level, to reveal what's conflicting internally, um, even if it's subconscious, unconscious. I remember whenever I, uh, it's, it's an emotional training and, and like I'm a pretty, you know, pretty buttoned up guy. I don't cry very often. Um, but I remember at one moment in the training early on when Dan, you came over and said something to me that just really was one of those conversations. You were just giving some feedback. And you, you hit one of those conversations that was really true for me and really, you know, brought something to the surface. You just said something to the effect of you're a really good soldier. And I remember that really, I didn't know how much of my life I had been living, trying to be a really great soldier. And that like released that, that, you know, that compulsion for me or that drive for me to only be doing that you know, and, and opened up something brand new about really showing up for myself instead of just showing up to be a good soldier for other people. I didn't know how much that conversation had really been running my world for three decades. Yeah. Um, so moments like that really happened for folks like, like this guy. And, you know, not that I don't go back to being a good soldier all the time. I notice the conversation though. Now I notice whenever I'm like trying to help other people and not even connected to what's going on for myself. Um, so I give myself a shot to really be properly enlivened, like really provoked, um, based on both a both and view of life. Like I can get what I want and I can help other people get what they want instead of just giving, helping people get what they want and being this kind of slow churn of resentment. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I had a guy ask me, how's this different than therapy? And I said, well, you know, generally we're not trying to get rid of anything. 
Like whatever you're, whatever you find yourself doing that you don't like or that you see sabotages your relationships, rather than trying to get rid of it, rather than trying to squelch it, learn what it's telling you about where you are in that moment. It'll become an ally. It'll be something that's keying you into a conversation that's wanted and needed that you may not be paying attention to. And that's part of the work that we do, because what's powerful is in that moment, I've had, so, I've had a number of executives tell me, you know, learning how to get a hold of those experiences, like when I find myself getting too defensive or I find myself wanting to attack or I find myself wanting to shut down, I know there's something I'm not seeing and I'm afraid. And if I start, if I just start asking my question, self the question, what, which we ask in the training a lot, like what's, what is it, if things weren't the way you thought they were, would you want to know? And, when, and this guy, I've had a number of people say, asking that question helps me really look into, because we exercise that a lot, where I'm resisting. It's because it's a crazy thing. You know, your brain can only hold one state. And when you start, so if you find yourself angry or reactive or in some kind of survival state, if you start questioning that state, it'll start to pull you out of it because you'll be looking at it to understand what triggered this and see a whole, there are probably assets, there are resources that before in the state of survival look like threats that in a more calm state where you can use your let's say you're a neocortex where you can start thinking, you might see that some of those threats were actually the best opportunities you ever had. And that's probably one of the best, uh, one of the biggest breakthroughs people have is that, that action. And we work in the, in the room together over the four days, people get a chance to get a hold of that. Yeah. And, so I, and, I, and I would just say, Chad, final thoughts about your question, like what do people want to get out of this? You know, I know for myself and I know from people I talk to and work with is that there's something left. There's something missing. And this is a place to go exercise, really being all in and like, like calming down the, uh, how do I just get by conversation and creating a conversation that's more important than that. How do I full, am I willing to really fully show up and take that faith leap? And what's possible in my life if I just decide to go all in and say, F it, I'm just all in. And that's it. Not my circumstances, not that relationship, not that thing in the past, not that wound, that history, trauma, whatever. I'm all in and I'm here. Feel it like that. If like that, this is a place to go exercise that. Yeah. So if, if people are listening and they're like, you know what, there is that, there's that little despairing, how do I get by thing? And I know it, or there's that insecurity, or there's that whatever, there's that history. And I want to know how to squelch that. Come, I promise you, it'll be front and center when you come in the room and we'll work on that together. Yeah, that's Great powerful. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, people could check a lot of information out at wearerevenant.com. I've linked, I'll link this in the show notes so that it's an easy click away. You can check it out. The dates are October 28th to October 31st. It's four days in Austin, Texas. We would love to have you there. It's going to be an incredible experience. And I uh, appreciate your gentleman's time today talking about the Revenant and being able to dive a little bit deeper into what is actually happening in that, in that experience. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Chad. Appreciate your, as always, your guidance and comforts. Thanks. 
Yep. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Ciao. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the Naked Leadership Podcast. Your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us. If this podcast or these conversations has helped helped or inspired you in any way, would you mind going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review? This helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams. Finally, the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody. Oh,